Welcome to Enriched Menopause, where perimenopausal and menopausal women can learn what's going on with their bodies and how to thrive during this stage and beyond. You are not crazy and you are not alone. I'm Dr. Jessica Rich. Let's do this together. Welcome back to Enriched Menopause. If you read the title for today's episode, you may be wondering what on earth does she mean by the B plus mindset? What is that? So let me just set the stage a little bit. To become a doctor, as you may imagine, I had to have an A plus mindset. Now, part of why I became a doctor is because this was sort of my natural mindset from the beginning. I was always that overachiever, people pleaser, had to be the best type A kind of personality. And this was often to a fault. I definitely would not recommend this. It's not what I push my children for because it definitely caused me a lot of stress in my life, but it's kind of just how I was. I was always after the straight A's in class. I remember once I got an A- minus in astronomy in my senior year in high school, and that A- minus totally devastated me. It's why I ended up being salutatorian instead of the valedictorian, that sort of second place, which of course to me was nowhere near good enough at the time. Outside of school, I was also a perfectionist in gymnastics, which of course holds itself very well to perfectionism. We're always striving for that perfect 10. Any little mistake will cost you. And at that same time, I ended up second in the state gymnastics championship for that year. And for me, again, second best felt like failure. It felt like I wasn't good enough and I just couldn't do it. But of course, I had to learn, and from these so called failures, which of course weren't really failures, I had to learn that sometimes you don't always have to be the best at something to still be your best and to still be good enough. Of course, that A plus mindset has been helpful to me in medicine and doing the best that I can do for my patients throughout my training and in my surgery. And I do still carry that A plus mindset with me in all of my patient care and my clinical care. But I have also seen over time and as I've gotten older how that A plus mindset has really held me back in a lot of ways. When I was younger, this held me back in the sense that whenever I was trying something new, if I couldn't be good enough at it from the start, I would give up on it. I didn't really want to do things that I wasn't good at, and it was okay with me because it happened that I was pretty good at a lot of things when I was a kid, so I could do enough, and all of those other things I would just avoid. It held me back through my training in the sense that there were so many research projects that never got off the ground or papers, review papers that I would start to write. And I could never quite finish them because I always felt like I was missing something and there must be some extra piece of information that some other expert knew that I didn't know and that they would find out that I wasn't quite 
the expert that I was claiming to be. And so, so many papers went unpublished because I never sent them in, never finished them because I felt like there must be something that I was missing. It also held me back in my training and in my earlier career when I could see other colleagues of mine, particularly a lot of the male colleagues, who were very confident in what they could do. I was, of course, confident in my abilities as a surgeon and in taking care of people, but I knew that, you know, sometimes certain things didn't work, certain treatments didn't work for everybody. Not everybody got the results that they wanted to get. And sometimes there were challenges during a surgery that maybe made it take a little longer. There could be complications, although rare, these were things that could occur. And by the way my colleagues were talking, it seemed like these challenges never came up for them. But as I spent more time actually working with those people, actually being in the operating room with some of the best of the best, actually seeing patients after they had seen some of those colleagues who had professed all of these successes, I realized that they were having the same challenges that I was and that in many ways I took better care and had better outcomes and better surgical techniques than many of these people that I felt like maybe I didn't measure up to before. Now, that's not to say that you shouldn't always strive to be the best. You shouldn't look to others for a friendly competition and to better yourself. But this mindset that it's all or nothing and that I need that A-plus to continue is really not helpful and really not healthy. Luckily, along the way, I've had mentors and colleagues and friends and family members that have helped me to see that you don't always have to be the best of the best. You don't always have to have the perfect Thing to put out there to add value. That sometimes you can start with something and do it as well as you can do at the time, but knowing that it's messy and that you have room to grow and to improve. For example, this podcast would never have happened if I kept my A-plus mentality. If I kept that mentality, I would still be working on finding the best audio, the best person to edit it, making sure each episode had exactly the perfect words, recording and re-recording. But instead, I've chose that B-plus mentality that says, you know what, I'm going to put out what I think is the best that I can do now. I'm going to make it as good as I can naturally make it at this point, and I'm going to keep on working to improve with the idea that if I wait for perfection, it's never going to get out there, and then I'm never going to reach you, and hopefully, you know, these things that I'm putting out are helping you and are helping other people who are going through these issues, and that it doesn't have to be perfect. We can get better and better each day and still add value. The same applies to our health, and I know I've been caught up in this before, and I know my friends and family members and patients have too, that many times we think we can't start something new for our health or improve our health until the circumstances are just right. We have to wait until the end of the school year or until we get through that vacation or until someone else that we're taking care of is feeling better. But honestly, the best time to start is now. 
wherever you're at with whatever you can do at the time. It doesn't have to be a huge overhaul. It doesn't have to be suddenly doing everything perfectly. Just start and start to make those changes. The other place that I see people get caught up is after they've started, if they lose a little ground, let's say they're working on new nutrition and trying to eat healthier, and then maybe they go a little bit outside of the boundaries of what they've planned. They either treat themselves or um, break a, a boundary that they've set for themselves, and suddenly they feel like everything is lost. So you have that little treat and now, oh, well, I've, I've broken my diet. I might as well go in and have the whole pizza or I might as well eat the whole tub of ice cream since I had a few bites. Not only does that set you back further, but it's hard to recover from that. And some people may just drop their diet altogether because they've had that little loss of perfection. It's really important to give yourself that grace to say, okay, I didn't get the A plus today that's okay. It's a B plus kind of day and tomorrow I'm going to work on getting back on track. We have to be flexible and do the best we can with what we have. I know back in the beginning of this podcast, I talked about how I like to set up my morning routine and set myself up for success. Again, I don't do a big, long, complicated morning routine and that's because I know that that is almost destined to fail. But even with my small, simple morning routine, if I miss a piece of that or a part of that, I can't let that ruin my whole day. We have to be flexible. We have to be able to work on, yes, setting routines can help to kind of give us that consistency and keep us on track. But if something goes awry, we have to be able to move forward. The same is true with an exercise program. So if you miss a workout, maybe you're not feeling well, maybe you ran out of time that day. If you miss a workout, it doesn't mean that you have to work out twice as hard or twice as long the next time, or it doesn't mean that you should just give up because you weren't able to keep that schedule that you were you trying to do in the first place. Just get back on track. If you miss a workout, try to make it to the next one. The same with your sleep or your meditation practice. If you miss one, try to get back on track. If you can't do all that you were intending to do, do part of what you were intending to do. If you can't get to bed at 10 p.m., then get to bed at 11 p.m. or 10.45 or whatever is working for you. Just know that you are trying and that this is a progress. This is not perfection. So we keep moving forward one step at a time. And yes, we're going to have some setbacks, but as long as you keep moving forward, you're going to be on that right track and you're going to get better and better each day, each month, each year. I see this a lot in my practice too. So for example, I saw a patient this week who was having trouble keeping up with their hormone exercises from their pelvic floor rehab program. And I remember speaking to her and saying, well, she couldn't keep up with the twice a day exercise regimen that the physical therapist had recommended. So she just wasn't doing it all. And I asked her, well, do you think that you could do it once a day or maybe every other day or even twice a week? And she kind of paused for a second, and then the light bulb went off like, oh, 
even if I don't do it twice a day, I can still get benefit from doing this every day or every other day. And she felt this whole new sort of excitement and this whole new sense of agency that she could still make a big difference in her health, even if she couldn't keep that perfect routine that was recommended. The same thing happens time and time again when I put patients on like a vaginal estrogen regimen or something else, and maybe they go on vacation and they forget to bring the cream along, and so they miss a week or two of the medication, and then they just stop altogether. If you miss a week or two, yes, you may have a little bit of a setback, but you can get right back into it and get back to the benefits that you were achieving. If you lose it altogether, then you may end up having to start from square one. So it's really important to do your best, to stay on track, to do what's feasible. And if you have a medical provider who is recommending more to you than you think is possible, then talk with them. I'm more than willing to work with my patients and say, well, if you can't do this every day or you can't do this as often, often, what can you do or what might be a better option for you that doesn't require you to do something more regularly, something that is feasible and is going to get you maybe not the same results as it would if you were doing something every day, but as good of results as we can get for you. Those B plus results, which are pretty great if you ask me. So I want you to ask yourself, what are you missing out on because of your A plus mindset? How could a B-plus mindset help? What routines could you pick back up on and what new endeavors could you try if you weren't so worried about doing things perfectly? What could good enough do for you? I promise you that if you maintain that B-plus mindset over time, you are going to achieve results that you never even dreamed were possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and share with someone in your life who may benefit from this too. Remember that while I am a doctor, this podcast does not constitute medical advice and is for informational purposes only. Talk with your doctor about what may apply to you and your health. We'll see you on the next episode of Enriched Menopause.